The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke. Jesus said, There was a rich man who was dressed in purple and fine linen and who feasted sumptuously every day. And at his gate lay a poor man named Lazarus, covered with sores, who longed to satisfy his hunger with what fell from the rich man's table. Even the dogs would come and lick his sores. The poor man died and was carried away by the angels to be with Abraham. The rich man also died and was buried. In Hades, where he was being tormented, he looked up and saw Abraham far away with Lazarus by his side. He called out, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am in agony in these flames. But Abraham said, Child, remember that during your lifetime you received your good things, and Lazarus in like manner evil things. But now he is comforted here, and you are in agony. Besides all this, between you and us a great chasm has been fixed, so that those who might want to pass from here to you cannot do so, and no one can cross from there to us. He said, Then, Father, I beg you to send him to my father's house, for I have five brothers, that he may warn them, so that they will not also come into this place of torment. Abraham replied, They have Moses and the prophets. They should listen to them. He said, No, Father Abraham, but if someone goes to them from the dead, they will repent. He said to him, If they do not listen to Moses and the prophets, neither will they be convinced even if someone rises from the dead. The Gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. You know, biblical archaeologists are always finding new treasures, new discoveries. Uh, and, uh, you know, these could be, uh, you know, the remains of uh, city walls or of buildings that are significant. But, you know, maybe most to be treasured are when they find scrolls and, uh, and, and ancient writings that give us real insight into the lives and even the thoughts of the people who lived then. And I want to share with you, this is so timely and wonderful. Archaeologists have just discovered what they believe to be a journal entry from one of the brothers, one of the five brothers of the rich man that we heard about in Jesus' story today. And I have just this week, finished translating it for you so you can hear it, and, uh, and I want to share this with you because uh, how timely is it, right? So here's what he has to say. I am surprised by my brother's death. It's more than simply trying to figure out what my life will look like without him. His death leaves me unsettled. His death has churned up inside of me some emotions and thoughts that leave me looking at the world around me in a different way. 
Now, our parents weren't poor, but neither were they well off. But they managed to make ends meet and take care of me and my five brothers. Each of my siblings and I have also managed to do all right for ourselves, but especially our brother who has just died. From our relatively humble beginnings, he built a massive network of trade that spans the known world. He lived well. He threw the best parties every day. And now my remaining brothers and I have inherited my brother's huge estate. The business, the extensive and expensive wine collection, the fine clothes, the villas on the Mediterranean. The inheritance is such that all five of us are fabulously wealthy. This, in addition to our already sufficient, more than sufficient sources of income. Which is why I'm so surprised and my brothers perplexed at how unsettling this has been for me. My brothers say that I should be enjoying my good fortune, the Lord's blessing, and not asking questions that have me unable to sleep at night. Questions like, what's the point? Where does all this get me? When I go the way of my brother, as we all must go, I can't take any of it with me. And my family already has all that they need. So what is the purpose of all this stuff, all this wealth? Desperate for a restful night's sleep, I asked my rabbi for advice. He suggested that I meditate on God's word. But that has only made matters worse. Far from finding comfort, the law and the prophets have increased my discomfort. I turned to the Psalms, expecting that those words of these songs would bring me some comfort and solace. But then I turned to a psalm like Psalm 49, and it leaves me even more unsettled. Hear this, all you peoples. Give ear, all inhabitants of the world, both low and high, rich and poor together. My mouth shall speak wisdom. The meditation of my heart shall be understanding. I will incline my ear to a proverb. I will solve my riddle to the music of the harp. Why should I fear in times of trouble when the iniquity of my persecutors surrounds me? Those who trust in their wealth and boast of the abundance of their riches. Truly, no ransom avails for one's life. There is no price one can give to God for it. For the ransom of life is costly and can never suffice that one should live on forever and never see the grave. When we look at the wise, they die. Fool and dolt perish together, 
and leave their wealth to others. Their graves are their homes forever, their dwelling places to all generations, though they named lands their own. Mortals cannot abide in their pomp. They are like animals that perish. Such is the fate of the foolhardy, the end of those who are pleased with their lot. Like sheep they are appointed for Sheol. Death shall be their shepherd. Straight to the grave they descend, and their form shall waste away. Sheol shall be their home. But God will ransom my soul from the power of Sheol, for he will receive me. Do not be afraid when some become rich, when the wealth of their houses increases. For when they die, they, shall, they will carry nothing away. Their wealth will not go down after them. Though in their lifetime they count themselves happy, for you are praised when you do well for yourself, they will go to the company of their ancestors." who will never again see the light. Mortals cannot abide in their pomp. They are like the animals that perish. After reading a psalm like that, how was I to get a good night's rest? I cannot say with the psalmist that God will, with any kind of certainty, that God will raise me up when I look I am more like those wealthy that the psalmist condemns. Neither did I get any comfort when I turned to Moses and the books of the law. For I found verses like this from Deuteronomy. Since there will never cease to be some in need on the earth, I therefore command you, open your hand to the poor and needy neighbor in your land. That is a hard word for me to hear. But even harder are the words of the prophets who one after another come at me and those like me with great wealth. Like these words from Amos. Alas for those who are at ease in Zion and for those who feel secure on Mount Samaria. Alas for those who lie on beds of ivory and lounge on their couches and eat lambs from the flock and calves from the stall, who sing idle songs to the sound of the harp and like David improvise on instruments of music, who drink wine from bowls and anoint themselves with the finest oils. Why, Amos is speaking to me, and his word is not one of comfort, but of woe. He continues, but are not grieved over the ruin of Joseph. Therefore they shall now be the first to go into exile, and the revelry of the loungers shall pass away. Who am I if I am not one who lounges? But Amos says, my revelry shall pass. But here's the odd thing. This renewed attention to Moses and the prophets has me seeing the world around me differently. I am literally seeing things that I've never noticed before. 
as I pass through the streets, as I go to synagogue and through the market, I see people. I mean, I really see them. I see how desperate their situation. I see how needful they are for just a bite to eat. A kind word spoken to them. Someone to care for them. To listen to them. Really listen. And I think of that poor man that used to lay outside the gate to my brother's estate. How many times I passed him by and felt in my heart mere pity but said not a word to him. How many more times I must have walked on by and never even noticed him. How might such wealth have made a difference in that poor man's life? Not that it would have taken all that much wealth to meet that man's needs. What if it had been my brother there? outside the gate, instead of feasting within. My brothers say, if our brother was here, he'd tell you, get a grip. But that's just it. I think for the first time in a long time, I'm grasping what life is really about. I'm seeing my riches in a whole new light. And I'm going to need to make some changes. Well, you've probably caught on that this is not an actual archaeological discovery. (laughs) But these words ring true for us. Maybe you don't count yourself as fabulously wealthy. (laughs) You don't need to to hear the point of Jesus' message. All around us there are those who are hurting, those whom we pass by and we don't even see or recognize, ones whom we cannot call by name, but God knows their name. And we have a brother, Jesus, who did that very thing. He touched the untouchable. He befriended the outcast. He healed the hurting, fed the hungry. And he died. He died to give life to them, to all, through the forgiveness of sins. And now Jesus, our brother, has risen from the dead. Now he invites us to hear his word, to receive it into our very bodies with the bread and the wine, and thereby to begin to see the world around us differently. Through the Holy Spirit, And God's word, God is at work in our lives, opening our eyes of faith to see the world as God sees us, to see our neighbors as God sees them. And now God sends us out to see our neighbors and to reach out to them with his mercy and compassion. For all around us, there are people like Lazarus, covered in sores, 
some sores which are visible and other sores which are unseen. People like Lazarus longing for a healing touch, a word spoken in love. People like Lazarus hungering for food, for a night's rest, and the company of someone who will sit with them in their grief. In sitting with them, we discover that Jesus is there too. And together, in his presence, he gives us the life that really is life. In the name of Jesus. Amen.